amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. And we have a slightly different lineup today where uh, Tommy's decided to have a holiday, which is absolutely disgraceful. I don't think you're allowed holidays in Formula One. Um, but instead, we've replaced him with a much more glamorous guest, uh, Natalie Pinkham, who Woo! apparently <laughs> listens to our podcast, which is Are just ridiculous. Me? I listen. <laughs> I've been waiting anxiously by my phone for months for this invitation. <laughs> I'm mad about your podcast. I love it. But you're outnumbered today. This is great. That is exactly what I was thinking. Uh, Was that? Yeah. Of course, we've got we've got Nat, and of course, we have Katie, uh, who is usually part of uh, part of this. You're not the founder. I can't. I can't announce the founder. The founder is gone. I'm old news now, so it doesn't really matter. No, absolutely not. Um, So this podcast is about all the F1 news that has happened over the past week, Um, and usually we do a three-word race review uh, but instead we decided to do a three-word review of the mclaren car launch instead so we've got loads of loads of uh, comments some good some bad so we'll go through a few of them jacopo underscore bal says same beautiful livery formula dank reddit says copy and paste r underscore white says hi uncle daniel and ollie handley 66 says music was cringe nat you were actually the host weren't you you were you were there at the yes. MTC, very jealous. How how was it as a as a car launch for, from a from your perspective? I guess. Well, I got to see other human beings. So <laughs> I think that would be my three words: other human beings. It was glorious to uh, to to get to work and do something and get excited about the start of the season. And you know, I've heard a few things, but a feedback about you know the cringy bits of it. And I have to say, in I'm very defensive of it because. For a start, ostensibly, the car is the same, Um, but a huge amount of work went into the car because obviously they've had to accommodate the new engine and adapt the car accordingly. But from in layman's terms and looking at it, it doesn't look that different. But I know for a fact just how hard they've worked to get this car ready in time. Given that the car doesn't look that different, it was a conscious effort to put the emphasis on the driver lineup because that clearly is different. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to make it much more about Lando and Daniel um, because everyone's excited about them, uh, not least uh, because of the memes, but also because of the uh, fantastic competition that no doubt will come from this partnership. And they're both great guys, um, as you well know, um, but they're very quick guys. And so I think everybody's eagerly waiting uh, for this season to get underway to see how those two fare against each other. So what we did is very consciously wanted to make it more about them and wanted to do a team building exercise. Both of them are very passionate about music. And really what that VT was, was a kind of insight into their world, which is something that I'm always asked to do. Tell us a bit more about the drivers. What makes them tick? You know, who are these guys really behind closed doors? And also um, there's an end product because there's going to be an anthem that will be released before the start of the season, which I'm telling you from what I've heard of it, is epic 
Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Katie, what, what did you think? We usually do our little housekeeping, which I haven't actually done because uh, oh, I was so excited for, for Nat to be here. No, in terms of, because we're on Zoom, Katie, you just fly in as soon as Nat's finished and just keep chatting. Uh, just, yeah, just, no, that's cool. We usually <laughs> do that, but uh, it's fine. We've done yeah. it live on the podcast instead. Katie. Well, I think McLaren's in a difficult position because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, everybody's always saying, oh, why would you just launch a picture of your car on Twitter? That's not very exciting. And then when McLaren actually do something different, they're slammed for it and it's called cringe. I mean, we kind of all knew, bless Daniel Ricciardo, that he's not exactly the world's best singer going into this. So that was quite amusing, but they gave it their best shot and it's good content. We're still talking about it now and it's been two days since the launch. Um, and I'm excited, but slightly apprehensive to hear the anthem. Um, <laughs> don't know. Don't think I'll be making it my phone ringtone anytime soon though. Oh, come on, Katie. Don't try <laughs> it. It's a fair point though. And, and there was a lot of discussion and I can understand why some people thought it was cringe. And I think it was the sense of the fact that everyone expects Ricardo and Norris to just be best mates already. And I think that's that's just not how it's going to be. They don't know each other like Sainz and, uh, Sainz and Norris or Ricardo and Verstappen do. You know, it's literally the start of a of a relationship, isn't it? So they're well, never... I think, I think that's a really interesting point because actually I think what you're seeing here is two guys trying to work each other out. And when Lando first came to McLaren, when he first partnered with Signs, he was, by his own admission, a yes man. You know, he just wanted to fit in. He didn't want to make a fuss. And he kind of let Carlos lead the way to that extent. And that then formed their dynamic and their relationship. And that worked well for both of them. Now that he's got a podium under his belt and then he's really established, um, you know, dare I say it, senior member of the team, Compared to Daniel, he is. His feet are firmly under the table. But Daniel comes in with more podiums, seven wins. You know, this is a, a guy with much more experience. Uh, and so that is why, for me, it's such a fascinating dynamic between two drivers. They're just working each other out. And actually, you just sort of got to let them get on with it. But in the meantime, um, I like seeing drivers out of their comfort zone. They can't be good at everything. <laughs> it's so true and actually you, you you make a good point because you know they are feeling each other out and and Lando actually came out and said right at the beginning about a team leader role and I found that very interesting yeah. straight yeah. out the blocks did uh, you see so, my reaction to that yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa here we go drop the mic yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting to, for him to come out and say that and mm. it it almost feels as though yeah it, last year you know Lando and Carlos having a bit of fun but now McLaren are getting further and further forward podiums are, are very much on the cards I feel like this year in particular is a big year for Lando in particular because if he gets whitewashed by Daniel I think that then sets his trajectory in Formula One but if he can match him or perhaps beat him which mm -hmm. personally I don't I think Daniel will have the edge over the course of a season then that's going to that's going to put Lando in the conversation for, okay, well, if McLaren isn't a top running team, where's he going to go? So it's, it's, so it's true. there's so many interesting teammate rivalries coming up, uh, which is awesome. We've got some, a few questions actually. Formula 63 asks, do you think Daniel and Lando might end up crashing each other out? Everyone is expecting them to be an iconic duo, but what happens if they end up competitive? Which is a fair point. If they're towards the front, I don't think, uh, you know, for example, what was it? Uh, Imola, I, I think Carlos got through on Lando very easy uh, and it was around P5 or P6. You know, they're, they're happy to swap positions there. But if it's for P3, P2, I reckon it could get a bit more interesting, couldn't it, Nat? 
Uh, look, there's no pairing on the grid that you can rule that out with. Uh, uh, they are competitive uh, creatures. They're going to work hard, <laughs> fight tooth like the nail, you know. <laughs> but I don't think it's in their nature to take silly risks. I don't think that of either of them, that neither of them are reckless. Um, they understand the bigger picture, um, but I think it's a really po good point that you make about Lando particularly, because um, this is career defining for him this year and he knows that so with it will come pressure but it's pressure that i'm sure he'll enjoy and he'll rise to and uh look i mean look what daniel did to esteban i really thought i mean i think having a year out of the sport probably knock, knocked esteban's confidence but then to come in and knowing that you didn't get the initial renault drive because they went for daniel so psychologically, you're coming in on the back foot to Daniel. And then you've got to try and establish yourself up against a very quick, nice guy that's also very popular and funny and, you know, life and soul of the party. It, I think it really knocked Esteban's confidence. I saw a very different driver last year. And it'll be really interesting to see what he does against Fernando this year because he's quick. Esteban is a quick, quick guy with lots of personality and a lovely, lovely blow. I'd love to see him uh, get back to where he belongs, but it's amazing what it can do to the psychology of a driver when you're up against different types of teammates. That's the same for all of us, isn't it? Human instincts, human nature. Yeah, and, and neither of these guys are, you know, they've not just been plopped into the McLaren team at all. They're all have experience racing against feisty teammates throughout the past. So this isn't going to be something that's completely new to them. Um, in terms of crashing each other out, I think like Nat says, they're not the kind of drivers that are going to be unnecessarily or necessarily reckless um, to each other. But I think with the McLaren fan base, they've had such a treat the past few years with Lando and Carlos and how meme worthy they've been as people have called it. But I think now's the time where it's sort of knuckling down and time to be like really serious. They've got that Mercedes power unit in the back of the car. Now they're going to really hopefully make that leap forward that they, they needed to, but I'm, I'm excited to see how they get on, but I don't think either of them are going to have too many issues straight away in terms of, uh, yeah, causing incidents with each other on track or anything like that. Yeah. Interesting right. stuff. Right. A few other questions. Uh, Risen Phoenix 05, why did McLaren reveal their car so early? As any rival can copy a simple detail that may be a significant advantage. And it's a fair point that, you know, there are things that uh, journalists in particular will, will you know, uh, analyse to the very death about a particular thing that's potentially changed between, uh, you know, last year's car and this year's car. But McLaren are never going to reveal anything that they think will give their competitors any sort of insight into a particular innovation that they've they've found that's just not how car launches work that's why we see formula one testing and that's when the new parts come out oh we haven't seen that when they revealed the car because they, they have to be safe you know that they're never going to show the the things they may have found over the off season so for me i don't see why they would show anything that would give other teams an advantage they want to be the first car to reveal because hey look it was a big song and dance loads of people tuned in and as we have more and more car launches i think less and less people will okay all right it's the eighth car launch now okay whereas yeah. if you if you're p1 it's good right yeah and they've of course had their filming day the very next day up at silverstone so um yeah i think it was all very well thought through and i just i don't know there's just a lovely energy about mclaren i think they've done really well to nurture their fan base in a way that probably no other team has. I was thinking about this on, on Monday because obviously you get hugely passionate Ferrari fans. You get hugely passionate fans for every single team. 
but there's something a bit different about the McLaren one because there's a real sense of community, a real sense of family. Um, and when you saw the little faces on the big screen behind us, you felt every single one of them felt connected. At a time when we need it most, um, you know, there's no two ways about that. We need to feel this coming together. But you feel with Ferrari, with the Tifosi, they're hugely passionate, but equally they're very critical. When Ferrari are down, they'll kick them. That never happens at McLaren. They'll, they'll, they'll get behind them all the more when the chips are down. I don't know. There's just something a bit different about them. You've got the hashtag believe in McLaren, which the fan base use. And like you say, they've yep. been using it even through the Honda times, which I'm sure exactly. many McLaren fans want to completely erase from their memory. But yeah, I think uh, the reason that they revealed it so early is to probably get on that hype train. Like you say, everybody tuned in, was really excited for it. And they put on such a show that it's easy to see why so many people look forward to it. But in terms of if there was any sort of disadvantages going early so soon, I think all the men and women that have been working their asses off over the winter you know working in wind tunnels and making sure that their cars are as perfect as can be would absolutely love it if they could have a look at the mclaren and go oh do you know what we'll just pop down to the the shop and change this and change that over the last few weeks it's not quite that easy i'm afraid to make these tweaks that they've been working on the whole project over the winter so i i don't think there'll be any disadvantage at going first you know exactly today on monday it's astonishing how much work they did remotely and I find that crazy to think, you know, we can do things like this remotely, but to actually build a car? No, can you just move it? No, just a little bit to the left. No, no, no to the car. Back, back, back. That'd be crazy. absolute carnage if I was doing that. But uh, yeah, that, there, there's some seriously talented individuals to be able to do yeah. that. Um, moving on now, because I think the McLaren car launch, you know, there's only been one car launch, which is so weird because usually we have car launch week where everything comes out. Sometimes we have two or three car launches in one day. And instead we've got, I think one on Friday for Alpha Tauri, And then we've got a few that are three weeks down the line. So it's, it's a bit weird, this whole car launch week, but uh, McLaren did a good job. Lots of chatter. It has to be said. Uh, next bit of news, I guess, was, was Fernando Alonso uh, and his, his bike crash just kind of came out of nowhere and uh, he was involved in, uh, in a road accident cycling his bike. And fortunately enough, it sounds like he's okay um, from the updates that Alpine have, have been releasing. Uh, obviously it was, a, it was a massive worry because you hear about these things and, you know, some drivers love to take risks and, you know, for example, Kubica loved to do rallying in his off season and, and look how that turned out. But um, Fernando seems like he's okay. Uh, and Katie, you've included a name here which is, I mean, do you want to try and say that as a question? Or Olish, Olishinsky, Jamie. Okay, we'll go with that. I think that was perfect. There Thank you. <laughs> uh, will Fernando's injury hamper Alpine in testing or race one? What do you reckon that? Very interesting. Very interesting question. I mean, um, you know, there's part of you that goes, I just want to wrap these drivers in cotton wool. They're not allowed to do anything, but you've got to live. and you've They're got adrenaline to junkies, aren't they? Well, that's it, absolutely, and they're risk takers by very by the nature of uh, of their um, of their lives, their jobs. Um, it's in their DNA, isn't it? And I think that you've also got to let them keep fit, and most of them do cycle to keep fit. You know, that's a way of keeping the weight of not bulking up, not doing weights. Keep it's amazing cardio, and he's obviously got his own cycling team. Um, but it comes with a huge amount of risk, and I, you know, I felt sick when I saw the reports. And delighted that he's been discharged. Um, but, you know, it's still a broken jaw. That's not great, is it? And psychologically, when he's coming back, having been out of the sport, um, 
not, not easy, I'm sure, but God, if anyone can, Fernando Alonso can. He's such a determined, tenacious fighter. And, you know, what are we? The 17th of Feb, we've still got uh, well over a month before the first race. Um, not ideal, of course not, but uh, I don't think we have to worry too much. From what I've heard, he's making great progress. And um, as I say, the steely determination alone will get him through. Yeah, exactly. I think like you, we were all had our hearts skip a beat when we read about that online. Um, but fortunately, like you say, he's only sort of had a, a bit of a break to his jaw, possibly missing a few teeth. There's not really too much out there information wise, but we do know that he's been discharged from hospital and Alpine think that this won't affect um, him even attending pre-season testing, which is in less than a month now. So promising signs, but I guess the proof will be in the pudding when he's at testing and we'll see how he gets on with, with his jaw. But I mean, obviously hugely grateful to see that he's, he's all right, because that could have been anything could have fallen on, on his arm badly and broken an arm. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't want to have a break in his jaw, but um, when you look at other instances as well, like poor Nicky Hayden, who was just out for a bike ride and, and obviously he lost his life. So very lucky in that sense of things, but also unlucky that this happened to Fernando right before the season was about to start. If you remember, it's a while back now, but when Mark Webber had that horrible bike crash, mm. he actually got in. You know, he was badly injured when he was still racing. He said the pain was extraordinary, but God, it takes a lot to stop these guys getting in the car. So um, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll do well. And you know, I'm I know there's a lot of critics of the fact that he's coming back, but there's lots of young drivers coming through too. And I love that balance of youth and experience. Mm. And I'm a massive Fernando Alonso fan. I think it's great that he's uh, going to be gracing the grid once again. Yeah, I can't wait. And you know, as you say, it's it it was a, a pretty concerning time but he was quick onto twitter wasn't he and he was kind of you know he was replying to all sorts of tweets and saying he's ready and putting his helmet down and, and all sorts but um but yeah you know all the best for fernando and i'm sure you know as nat says it's you know really exciting to have such a, a mixture so many teammate rivalries that it's just going to be content for days we interrupt this w21 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode express vpn netflix hides thousands of shows from you based on your location and they're increasing their prices soon too and you can make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs, so you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash WTF1. And don't forget to use our links so you can get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> Moving on now, uh, engine freeze. That was another thing that was discussed, I think, last Thursday, uh, which was brought forward to, to 2022. Uh, the Kenji789 says, what exactly does an engine freeze mean to the grid? Is it all because of Red Bull and Honda? And what does it mean that Red Bull is taking over Honda's F1 engine? Well, it was down to Red Bull, wasn't it, bringing it forward? Yeah. They were the one pushing it. Um, and, well, after taking over Honda's operation, uh, which, to be fair to them, they could easily, and I think Tommy uh, tweeted this a few days ago, they could easily, with all of this going on and, you know, engine suppliers up in the air, could have just gone, you know what, we've achieved enough in Formula One, see you later. But instead, they take Formula One even further and, and take over this operation and really cement themselves on the grid, you'd have to say. 
Yeah, so so effectively the engine freeze means that the designs that you put in at the end of this year, you then have to stick with until 2025. And it's, um, you know, as you say, purely down to Red Bull, keeping them in the sport is good for the sport. And I think it's accepted um, across the grid, up and down the grid, that Red Bull's inclusion in the sport is is vital. Um, and they said that if it wasn't, the, if the freeze didn't come forward, then they'd be out. Um, I think that what is quite interesting about this is that whatever you have at the end of this year is yours for the next four years. So it's a massive year. I mean, it's a, it's huge pressure on Ferrari from the off. Um, and uh, again, in terms of the, the sort of handover between Honda and Red Bull, I think it's really interesting because they, they'll obviously keep, Honda will keep developing through this year, um, but whatever they leave Red Bull with, is crucially important as well. So, look, this is this is a big deal, um, and and it, and and I think it's important for the sport. But this is a broad agreement. The devil's in the detail, and that has yet to be thrashed out. So, um, I think in in very broad terms, there's been an acceptance and an understanding of that. But as I say, you know, when they start getting down to the nitty gritty, it might get a bit more complicated. Yeah, it's it's great for Red Bull because I think we all would like to see Red Bull in the sport for a long time. They've obviously brought so much to the championship since they've been involved. And let's be honest, they're probably the most, the team that's most likely to compete with Mercedes going forward. Um, and the fact that they're able to put sort of money where their mouth is and, and buy the, the Honda engine and take that over is a really promising thing. And, and they know just have the Red Bull racing team. They obviously have Alpha Tauri as well. Uh, but like you say, it's going to be an interesting time for Ferrari because yeah. they've really got to get their stuff together this year because otherwise they could be in quite a lot of trouble if they don't produce a good power unit this year. They've got a lot of work to do, haven't they? Because mm -hmm. not only are they preparing, well, because their engine was pretty shocking last year, but also the fact that the new regs are coming in 22 and yeah. a completely new redesign of the car and you have the situation with COVID, I can't see Ferrari really being able to get all of that together in such a, a small amount of time. I mean, it's a tall order, isn't it? Um, I mean, all these things are cyclical though. So what, well, that, that'll be the V6 engines for what, 12 years. And then they're gonna have to move on to something that's uh, much more progressive and uh, relevant. Um, but yeah, God, there's a, there's a huge amount of spinning plates. And as if Ferrari haven't got enough on their plate, as it is. Um, but look, um, I hope that they, they step up to the challenge because we need a competitive Ferrari on the grid. We do indeed. Uh, Charles Leclerc, you know, that big Ferrari deal that he had, you, you well, yeah, I bet he's hoping that not every single one of those years is going to be Ferrari ailing until the, the regs get opened up again. Um, but let's see. At Racy Boy says, in your opinions, besides the driver changes, will we see much change in the order this season? Well, you know, we, we've highlighted a few things already and the teams are having to deal with a lot to try and first maximise their engine performance and also get ready for the new regulations. I've always said uh, from the end of last season that we could see a few surprises just purely because a few teams might think that 21 is a huge opportunity for, to really nail down whatever development they want to try and get a really good result in the 21 constructors. Maybe, you know, when we go to the new regulations, they'll fall back again. But I, I feel like a few teams that may be a back end of midfield might, might just have thrown the kitchen sink at 2021, thinking that this is a, a potential loophole that some other teams have kind of cast a blind eye towards. I don't know. I'm just hoping that it's changing. But yeah, that's my theory. I think 
rather than um, concern ourselves with, oh, you know, is it going to be a different order and everything else? When you look at 2020, we kind of went into that really just hoping to go racing. And actually what it turned out to be was an epic season. Now, did it jumble up the order? No, but we still had some incredible races and some surprise results and a huge amount of entertainment. And I genuinely expect the same again in 2021 because um, I don't believe necessarily we'll have the exact calendar that is being proposed at the moment. I don't see how we can. There will be issues uh, logistically and obviously with COVID with those. Um, and I think that going into the unknown, one thing that Formula One are brilliant at is pulling together and putting on uh, hugely compelling competition. And I, I'm sure the same will happen this year. I mean, I know we've said it time and time again, but I'm so sort of in awe of the way the sport handled the COVID crisis in 2020. And it hasn't suddenly gone away. <laughs> it's still here, as we all know. And so it's going to... Uh, really permeate everything about 2021 as well but I feel like we step up to the challenge in the sport and we get some great races as a, as a result. I think that's all very very true I think we probably won't see much change in the order this season because like Matt said people are going to be prioritizing next year there could be the odd team that thinks this is going to be a good loophole but apart from possibly the Mercedes in the back of the McLaren. But then again, we've talked about in the podcast, they might have teething issues. So I very much doubt that we're going to get to Bahrain and McLaren are going to be putting it on pole position. N never say never. Could You're going to get clipped up it, now, but... Katie. You're going to get yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, I, I hope the same that 2021 prov provides the same kind of action that we had in 2020. We didn't have too much change in terms of you know regulations and stuff in 2020 yet we still got one of the best seasons we've had in a very long time so hopefully that will continue into this year and only get better as time goes on uh, and, and you... maybe matt sorry to interrupt that's on. no that's fine carry on. maybe we will have and i don't know you might be coming on to this um a, a, a slight shake up at a few races in terms of the format and that yes yeah, I was going to just say about about the calendar uh, uh, in particular, and just and kind of get your thoughts on that. On, I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of backup plan. You, you'd have to think that yeah. you know this is the idea. We'll throw that out to the public, but it's not going to happen. I can't see us for a yeah, second well, going to Monaco, Canada, those kind of places. Okay, so that's interesting because obviously those street circuits are the most vulnerable because it, you know the the lead time is is so long because. The street circuits, they take a lot of organisation. But talking to those in the know um, at FOM and the FIA, they're very confident that the calendar, they wouldn't have put it out there if they're not confident about delivering. But of course, yes, there's always a um, contingency plan. And as we saw in 2020, some incredible circuits that, that uh, you know, can lend themselves to putting on some great racing. So... I think they actually really enjoyed going back to places or going to them for the very first time and going into the unknown. It really tests the wit um, and the talent of the drivers, doesn't it? Because it's a bit like, you know, when we didn't have practice sessions, it's like, you know, just go for it. Oh, don't say that. Tommy, he's not here, but he'll be like, oh, my God, no practice sessions. I love he loves no practice sessions. <laughs> I, do too. I, <laughs> I mean, that's no, what I we think Germany, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and actually most, of the, most of the drivers loved it as well they were like well it's like being back in uh, the junior junior formula you's just you just got to go for it so talking of calendar changes uh, natalie what did you think of the idea of sprint races 
Well, do you know, it's funny because whenever we talk about tweaking or changing the format, I always think, oh, is that a bit gimmicky? You know, are we trying a bit too hard? And actually, then when you hear that actually the, the, the people behind it are two of the biggest brains in the sport, because I know Stefano De Milicali and Ross Braun are two advocates of this, you say, well, they must be onto something because they know a lot more about this sport than I do. And I also feel that it's a sport that constantly evolves, constantly pushes, constantly strives to be better. And I think there's something in it. You know, if um, I was chatting to Corinne about this, actually, because uh, he's always got strong views on these things. And we, we were discussing potential format. And one that we both thought would be great would be sort of FP1, rookies only. So just give them the chance to have a run out. FP2, let everybody else, give them a li little bit of a chance, give them a bit of a run out, FP2. Then don't have FP3, have quali as quali on Saturday mornings. Then Saturday afternoons, have a sprint race, but make it meaningful. So maybe give them half points, give them some kind of advantage to being competitive and maybe put them on the two softest compounds of tyres so the tyre deg's insane and it's like really entertaining to watch. And then for the purists, give them the real race on the Sunday, you know, to full time. Because I do think we've got responsibility to bring in a younger demographic and, you know, perhaps with a shorter attention span that aren't used to these long, boring races just watched on linear television. Uh, not to do down Sky Sports, but the point is, is that we've got to cater for, which is why I think you guys are so brilliant, but we've got to be catering for and looking at the younger audience and keeping them entertained. A bit like sort of, um, the shorter format of the, the game in cricket, you know, it's the T20 format is like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's fun. I won't sit down and watch the test match in the same way ever again. So I think there's things that we can do. And um, I gather that it's possible even for this year that we will trial something at maybe three or four of the races and do it at a track where you're going to see loads of overtaking. Do it at, um, you know, say Silverstone, Bahrain, Germany, Spa and yeah, give it a whirl. Why not? It's a good point, though, isn't it? it? I think they've done it in the right way in the sense that they're just trialling it. You know, it's something that yeah. if it's rubbish, it'll get thrown in the bin. You know, and well, I don't... do you remember we did it at Quali? And when yeah. was that in Australia? And everyone was like, no! Oh, my God, that was the that worst was qualifying session ever. <laughs> but, but they were, you know, put their hands up and said, yeah, it didn't work. But at least we gave <laughs> it a go. Yeah, I mean, they had to. It's like, oh, is, is, he, is uh, he on a lap? No, he didn't make it. Okay, he's out. Perfect. You know, it was, it was so odd. But uh, actually, it kind of brings me around to, to what Tommy wrote in your column, Katie, about, you know, about the gimmicks. The F1 either should do gimmicks right or not at all. Mm. Uh, where, where, do you where do you think he'd stand on this as a, after his article? So from my impression of Tommy's column that he did on the website, it doesn't sound like he's very for it at all. Mm. Um, I think... Although it's good to have these things like trialing out sprint races, for example, and like you say, with Dominicali and Braun both on board, they're the people that know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. And I'm quite happy to see Dominicali throwing these ideas out there because, you know, rather than, I'd rather something like this than just it's the sport stays stagnant and then exactly. people lose interest. So I think that's good. But yeah, from Tommy's article, I don't think he sounds too on board with it. Um, well, it doesn't I mean, matter. He's not here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Tommy, who? What? <laughs> the founder. He's the founder of what? <laughs> the founder? Nah. The founder of um, terrible opinions. Sorry. No. <laughs> Uh, I think the thing is, is that something quickly becomes a gimmick when it doesn't work. So what you've got to do is, 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 is decide to what end, like, what does it actually mean? Make it meaningful, make it interesting. That's not that easy. And when you, as you say, if you trial it and it doesn't work, well, you, you know, like a, no, I was going to say like a girlfriend, just dump her. It's a bit harsh. It is, it is interesting because I, I, you know, if they went with the sprint races, of course, the hardcores will get angry. That's just the way things work. They don't like change. But a lot of the hardcores also fail to understand. And sometimes with our content, when we do explain a series, our F101 series in particular recently has been explaining the sport, different aspects of it, is that mm. sports don't run off of hardcore fans. They run off the general public watching as well. And there, there's that element uh, as you say that in the in the sense of you know a lot of people don't have very long attention spans anymore you know yeah. they they'll go on tiktok and they'll watch a five second video and they'll be like nah next one next one next Sorry, one what? next one what are you talking about <laughs> what what's Good a one. tiktok ah! yeah. uh, i almost said well I... <laughs> but, um, but yeah so it's it is interesting that you know we are changing in the sense of our attention spans and, and i think it could work it could also be a complete sham but i'm excited to see what it what it looks like and, and how exciting it can be. And, you know, we've seen amazing races where the grids jumbled up and, and I don't think people will, will have a particular, or they'll have many bad things to say about it if we get great races from it, as long as it doesn't feel like it's artificial. Uh, and yeah, that's the balancing exactly, act that they've, exactly. got, they've got to sort out, haven't they? Like when Bernie wanted to bring in rain machines. Sprinklers, yeah. Hey, no. <laughs> Do you know what though? Yeah. If you're only losing a practice session, which I'm kind of all for anyway, as we've already discussed. Then, then, then you know, what's the problem with that? You still get if you still get uh, a decent sixty lap race on a Sunday, then so what? Do the sprint race on the Saturday, but you know, make it mean something. So it's got to mean something. Mm. It's got there's got to be value to it. So there's got to be points. Points mean prizes. Yeah, my only fear is that it will just become the Mercedes Show 2.0, and they'll just run away with it and. Um, do the same that they do in most races which is get that early lead and although mm. it will probably be good because there'll probably be some drama in the midfield um, I don't think that bringing sprint races in is going to result in like mad people winning like we saw with Gasly and Monza and Perez and Sakir I think the the results will probably be fairly similar but it will probably provide more entertaining content than another practice session would so yeah yeah we'll have <laughs> yeah. to give it a try <laughs> Well, that's the thing even with this even with this current format you know uh, of, of last year you know it's, it's the same format as we've had for a while now when we had Gasly winning and Perez winning and you know it's it's maybe changing up the track layouts and you know we mentioned that very briefly earlier that you know what why don't tracks change their layouts a bit more I understand that you know it's to do with optimal grandstands and stuff like that but there aren't any fans at the moment Paul uh -huh. Ricard has 170 odd layouts Let's try one, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I Please. mean, Abu certainly need to, don't they? Mm, yeah, but yeah. Well, clearly there are some agreements that... Yeah. That, uh, that but I, think, I was going to say, there's people a lot uh, higher up and brighter than us. I mean, maybe just brighter than me, but uh, <laughs> making these decisions for very good reasons, so you can't argue with it. No, not good enough reason for us. Us F1 oh, fans right. are never pleased. I know, I've noticed that. <laughs> Nat, you've had a great time on the podcast, I'm sure. Um, no, right, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, this is the part where I go final thoughts, which Tommy hates. 
uh, Nat so much because nothing comes to a, to his head. But I think as a presenter, Nat, you, you, some things will come to your head. So I'm just going to say final thoughts. Some of the things coming to my head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about F1. Uh, I am so excited about the start of the season. Um, and I think everyone should be. And I got a bit of a buzz on Monday at McLaren and I think we're in for another great season and it's do you know honestly it's been a long hard lockdown for everyone you know whether you live in the UK or not everyone's been affected by this but particularly in the UK I mean it's been tough hasn't it mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have been affected I certainly feel affected and I know some my family and friends have been in a way that they weren't with the previous two lockdowns. Yeah. So just to get racing, get talking about it. Um, and this is why you guys are amazing. And thank you for creating interesting content throughout a very difficult time. Um, so yeah, can't wait to get going. And Katie, oh, your final so thoughts. Thank you, Nat. Well, my f- final thoughts are going to be pretty rubbish compared to that. <laughs> Come on, just, just say, say some lovely things about Nat. Come on. <laughs> Natalie is my inspiration in motorsport. It's been actually really wicked to have two girls on the podcast as well. I think that's a pretty cool thing and not something that's very common on, especially a motorsport podcast. So good on WTF1 for doing that. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Nat, for joining. Um, You are absolutely incredible at what you do. Um, I know that you have a lot of people, both guys and girls that look up to you um and it's very easy to see why when you present things like this and and the way you handled the mclaren launch on monday as well was excellent but yeah i'm, I'm not sounding like a fangirl so i should probably stop before i get a restraining oh. order sent my way <laughs> you're gonna get a few tears i tell you that's lovely katie thank you very much and matt thank you oh Keep that's up. brilliant it's, it's lovely to hear um and actually funnily before we end uh, i remember when i first met you nat which was at the uh, sky sports day uh, back in I think oh, yeah. 2017 or something and I kid you not I was uh, literally like when I spoke to you I was just like losing my mind I was like oh my god it's Nat Beacon so you know I, I echo Katie's words in the sense you know I, I've always looked up to you as well in, in the Formula One world and, and and what you do so uh, this is becoming the Natalie Pinkham show I love it but yeah. uh, you know we, we, we appreciate this you this is and, your life and, and, and you know and, oh yeah you know we work on f1 esports together as well which was a, a, you know a combination i never thought we'd ever have but uh here we are um what that went bananas didn't it still yeah. going exponential yeah, exactly. that is astonishing but well not really surprising given the circumstances and it's great and you commentate on it so why wouldn't you watch <laughs> awesome <laughs> right we're all going to stop being lovey-dovey now nat thank you so much for your time and joining us on the on the wtf1 <laughs> podcast and katie of course for always being here and uh, we'll see you for another podcast very soon bye-bye thanks guys bye-bye big waves i'm not sure when that will be placed but i'm just waving at the boxes where i think they'll be bye (laughs) amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com spin your passion into a business with shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's
Facebook's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.